and welcome to Labors in the Harvest with Kevin Folger. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Kevin Folger, your host, is a man with over four decades of ministry experience. For 41 years, he served on the pastoral staff of Cleveland Baptist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. He currently serves as a North America Director of Spiritual Leadership Asia, a ministry that assists those endeavoring to preach the gospel and plant Baptist churches in the 1040 window with a particular focus on Asia. Now here's Kevin with this week's Labors in the Harvest podcast. podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We're picking up our conversation with uh, Pete Folger, my middle son, who is the pastor of the Cleveland Baptist Church here in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, glad to have him as my guest today. And if you were with us last week, uh, we kind of just gave you some introductions about his life and, and where he is and, and what's going on in, uh, in his life and kind of the journey that has brought him to this point. So let's talk about to uh, Pete today the, uh, the journey to the place where you are in ministry. You're currently serving as the pastor of the Cleveland Baptist Church. So talk about that journey. Um, let's just simply say, okay, uh, from the college years right to uh, the day in which we transitioned. Yeah, so um, so we talked about you know surrendering uh, as a junior in high school. And at that point, we began to um, re- recognize that, that we couldn't just go anywhere to prepare for what God had for us. And of course, you were instrumental um, in in my life, and, and I said I, there were some places you couldn't go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. That's the truth. And uh, and and yet, you know, again, you um, you know took to allow me to visit a few a few different places, and and uh, obviously, I always respected you and, and mom's you know opinion and, and your insight on on these things. And you had taken me to visit. So after I'd surrendered in that semester, uh, you had taken me to visit Crown. And uh, which is where I would eventually go. And I remember the first visit that I went, and uh, and and I, I got there, and in my mind, I was expecting you know college to be, um, you know, so different from 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 high school years. And when I got on that campus, everything was almost the same as what it was here. You know, I mean, it was a it was a church setting. Um, they had a few buildings in the back of their property that were sort of dorms, but I mean, in in, in essence, it, it was. A, it was like this, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I just expected college to be, you know, so much, so much more, and uh, and so I remember, I remember leaving that that as a junior, and actually this might have been, come to think of it, this might have been before I surrendered, mm-hmm. and I remember leaving, thinking to myself, you know, I, I would never go there, mm-hmm. you know, there's what, what's there, a couple hundred students, I mean, we have that here, you mm-hmm. know, at, at Cleveland Baptist, and and uh, you know, thinking to myself, you know. Uh, and, and, and so then I, then I became a senior and of course at that point I'd already surrendered and I remember coming back to you and of course you'd already taken me to crown once, but I wasn't of the right mindset. And I remember saying, Hey, you know, would, would it be possible for us to take one more trip down there? And, uh, and, and obviously that, you know, had to be a sacrifice on, on your behalf, um, which, you know, I wasn't probably thinking along those lines at that point in time, but you agreed and, and you made it happen. And I, I don't remember who all went with us on that trip, but. I remember the second time. Now I'm surrendered. Now I'm, I'm, you know, a few months away from from college, and my mindset was totally different. And I remember walking on that campus, and nothing had changed there. I mean, all the everything was still the same. The buildings were the same. The student body was probably a little bit bigger, because in those days it was growing, you know, rapidly. 
Um, but, but I remember sitting in, the, in a chapel service and, and visiting a class or two and meeting some of the students, and, and everything to me was different. And, of course, it was the spirit of the place. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, was a different you know, individual mm-hmm. because of the surrender that I had made and because of what the Lord had been doing in my life. And, and I remember leaving that the complete opposite, thinking to myself, not only can I see myself here, but I am going to come here. And so... Uh, so the Lord led led me to, to Crown College. I was there for for four years. Well, three and a half years. I was able to finish a little early uh, because of some summer courses I took as I was preparing to get married, and I was staying down there. And uh, of course, at the end of my my college um, you know time, my college career, I just really felt the Lord was directing us back to to Cleveland. And my heart was here. This was my home church, and obviously you were pastoring here. And I wanted to you know do what I could to you know try to help you to the best of my ability. And and uh, you had told me, you said, There's real, I, I really can't hire you. I can't afford to bring you on. We've got a pretty full staff at this point in time. And I just said, well, I'm willing to come back and just try to get a job and, and just serve in whatever way I can and, and see what the Lord opens up from there. And, and so to make a long story short, we moved back. We took a step of faith. And it wasn't that long after we were back in which you know, some things opened up on the, on the staff and, and we were able to come on board. Well, let me stop you for just a second because it, um, just so our folks know, you had other opportunities, correct? I mean, there yeah. were people that had talked to you about perhaps serving on their staff, which would have been a full-time position, but you sensed that God was saying, uh, no, I want you to go back, yeah. and, and you were willing to make that kind of this commitment. Yeah, my heart was here. Um, I had met with a pastor and who pastored in Virginia. Sandra and I had sat down with him, and and uh, and, and we had talked. And then, of course, um, uh, the church that I was a member of when I was in Bible college down there, there was some discussion there about the possibility of us uh, coming on board there. Um, but again, I just, you know, my, my heart was here and, uh, I just wanted to get back here and serve the Lord here. So, um, so we came back and we, we served as, as the youth pastor for 14 years and I loved our, loved our time there. And, and God enabled us to, um, to begin a youth conference uh, during our time here and, and, uh, you know, s- several other, you know, several other things. And we took over the youth camp ministry and, and uh, did that, and of course, oversaw the Smite campaign. We took several missions trips. Um, you know, several of the young people that we were able to minister to are, are serving the Lord today in full-time ministry, which is always a, uh, a blessing uh, and uh, and a joy. Some of them, some of them, even here in this church, and uh, it's just a real, uh, a real joy to uh, be able to look back on those on those years and and to, and to see that. And and uh, so again, we did that for 14 years, and then uh, I think going as to 2015, in which we stepped out of the full-time youth ministry and we stepped into working more with the adults. And uh, did that for, for several years, and uh, and then again, I'm sure at some point you're going to talk about the transition yeah. and how that all came yeah. about. So I'll kind of leave that till yeah. another time. So. All right. Well, I, I I think you probably remember this conversation, and I don't know how far it was. Maybe could have been 12 years ago. Um, may have been uh, maybe a little less. Um, I knew that of course at some point I would be leaving this this church. Uh, for some reason, God made it clear to me that I wasn't going to finish quote ministry as the pastor of Cleveland Baptist Church. That there would be something else that He had for me. Um, but I, I remember us driving someplace, and I I shared with you that I I sensed that you know that God was going to have you to be the next pastor of this church. Um, I think God does that. I mean, I, and I, I honestly would say it wasn't just because you were my son, but it was because I knew what God was doing. And um, I, I think probably back in those days, that, you know, certainly you weren't ready in any stretch of the form to, to pastor, but I could see and I knew. I mean, it's just there's just something that God does. It was kind of like when Pastor Thompson started talking to me about me being his successor, and I thought, there is no way in this world, you know, that I could do that. I was excited about it, but I'm thinking, 
of all the people for me to follow him that was that was something that would just far beyond what I, I thought so uh, talk to me a little bit about that process uh, I know that we had some discussions there of course you and I also had the discussion we can't make this happen it's got to be the church uh, we can believe it. We can trust God for it, but the church has to see it. Yeah. So, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, I remember us having those conversations as well. And uh, you know, a, a lot of times it would just be, you know, it, meetings about other things, and it would just kind of, you know, just trail off into, you know, you know, hey, I, I really see something. And I think probably you're just trying to encourage me. You know, hey, stick with it. You know, stick at it. You're doing, you know, you're you're doing well. Obviously, there's still room for improvement. And, um, and, and sometimes it was, you know, again, those meetings were, uh, were, were pleasant. Sometimes they weren't so pleasant because of things that maybe were needing to be dealt with or whatever the case might be. Um, but I, I do remember us, you know, you saying those things. Um, you were always very sensitive um, about, um, you know, the fact that, again, I was your son. Um, so, some people, some, some kids, you know, get into a ministry and, and they feel like, man, I can, I can just about get away with anything because my dad's, you know, the pastor. And my mindset was always different because I knew you, and I knew you, you know you were just looking for a, <laughs> for for something to you know to come at me with, you know, and and uh, and 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 I and I knew that I did I wasn't going to get a free ride or a free pass, and uh, and I certainly was you know I, I appreciate that and I respect that it was you know because I, I I didn't need that at all, um, and uh, and so I, I remember you you saying you know listen this is going to have to be something that the church you know decides this is going to be their call their decision this is not our church this is you know, the Lord's church first and foremost, but it's the people that will decide who the, who the next pastor is going to be. And I remember, you know, I, I was excited too. I was a little nervous as well, you know, thinking about that. And I remember I would always go home and I'd, I'd pull Sandra aside and say, hey, listen, you know, dad talked to me today and, mm-hmm. you know, and here's here's some things that he shared with me. And, and we would both, you know, dream and, and pray mm-hmm. and think. And and um, and I had determined that, you know, just as, as you had said, that these people would have to notice it. And so I just said, Lord, if this is your will, then, then let them see it. And I can remember on many occasions, you know, longtime members of our church, sometimes members that, you know, uh, you know, could be a little bit difficult to get along with and, and, and some, you know, because every church has them. And they would remark things like, hey, we know you're going to be our next pastor. And, you know, when you're the pastor someday, little things like that. And to them, maybe that was just a comment in passing. But to me, that was, you know, that was something that was just showing me that this is what the Lord was doing. And the things, you know, that you are seeing, and that we were dreaming about were the things that these church you know, members were seeing as well. And of course, I benefited from the fact that you know, shortly after I came here, you know, se- several of your guys that, that probably would have been certainly before me in that thought, they took churches other, other places. Mm-hmm. And so it opened up opportunities for me you know, to, to preach more and, and to have a little bit more of a platform presence and to lead more. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, that was certainly my mindset, you know, as we were, as we were moving, you know, moving along, uh, where again, you know, that these people are going to have to see this and it can't be something that we just ramrod through, you know, that they're going to have to see it. So the founding pastor of Cleveland Baptist Church said something to you as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that Dr. was. Dr. Roy Thompson. Yeah. Boy, so. he, he came in my office one day and I don't know what prompted this, but he sat down and he said, you know what we need to do? We need to put together a past, present, and future book or tape series. I think you might have called it a tape series of the Cleveland Baptist Church. I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, it could include some of my messages. I'm the past of the Cleveland Baptist Church. And, and he said, it include some include some of your dad's messages because he's the present. And he says, but it, it should include some of your messages because I, I believe that you're, you're going to be the future pastor of this church. I hadn't even thought about that until you brought yeah. that up. Yeah. But yeah, that was a 
you know, when he walked out, I mean, you know, I mean, as he was saying it, chills up and down my spine, you know, that he would see that and that he would notice that. And, and certainly that would be at the top of the list of people that were, you know, recognizing that, that perhaps the Lord had his hand on my life and that this may be what God, God was doing. So, Well, there's something about, obviously, um, ministering in a church that you're raised. So um, talk to me about your feelings of pastoring this particular church. It's a church that has had such a great impact, not only on your life, but literally on the Folger family. So as I'm, we're sitting here today, five generations of our family are my grandfather, your great-grandfather, my dad, your grandfather, me, you, and now your children. Um, this ministry has impacted uh, five generations of our family. And um, so talk to me a little bit about your feelings of pastoring this kind of what, I guess we could say kind of a legacy church, mm-hmm. uh, a heritage church. Uh, I don't know how, how we'd necessarily term that. but Yeah, well... Honestly, I, I feel like it was easier becoming pastor of this church than it was being brought on staff and becoming youth pastor. And part of that, I think, is just, again, because of my age at that point in time and my, you know, my lack of experience. Um, that seemed to have been, honestly, that seemed to have been a harder adjustment. Um, you know, and I think, I, I think it's because maybe my mindset, I think I went into it thinking, I know this is what God's called me to do. And so everybody's just going to fall in line and follow me. And that just wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. And part of it, again, is because some of those young people, you know, they, they, were, they were within just a few years of where Sandra and I were. And, and so the thought of them having to, you know, not take orders, but to be led by us, you know, was maybe a, a tough pill for them to swallow. And some of their parents, I think, as well, you know, because, again, they, they knew us and, and we weren't all that far removed from... You know, prior to surrender, we, you know, and even after surrender, I suppose we probably did some some silly things. I say we, I mean me. And so, you know, those kids, those parents and those kids, some of them would have been familiar with some of those things. And so that might have been a, been a challenge. When I became pastor, you know, I knew it was, you know, I had that mindset of this is going to be challenging. This is going to be tough. And, but I think because I'd been here so long and because I think, again, that the people had perhaps, they, they had chosen this and they had seen that, that the Lord's hand was upon me. You know, they they just you know were were excited that I was their pastor, and there really wasn't a whole lot of of challenges that were there. But it certainly is a it is a, a thought process in my mind every day that I'm realizing, hey, listen, you know, I I am responsible for this church that has has made such a great impact not only on me but also, you know, my entire family. And so yeah, it it it, it can weigh heavily upon me. But again, the adjustment of the people accepting me as their pastor was a whole lot smoother. I feel like than it was them accepting me as, as the youth director here. And uh, again, we learned some things through that, and I think that helped us you know, better prepare for, for the step that we took last year. Well, there's a, of course, there was a process in, in us getting there, and just so our listeners know, um, this is the second time Cleveland Baptist Church went through a transition of pastoring. Uh, our first pastor here at Cleveland Baptist was Dr. Roy Thompson. He was the founding pastor and pastored for 37 years. Uh, for the last five years of that 37, I was his co-pastor, and um, basically that was a process in which he presented that to the deacons who uh, unanimously uh, agreed, and then at a point the church uh, voted upon it and uh, you know, got a 97, 98% call to pastor the church. So we kind of followed that same model. Um, when I spoke to the deacons, of course, because you are my son, I had to be a little bit more careful um, I didn't want to promote you, but I said I kind of gave them my timeline. In fact, the, even the timeline I gave them really was moved up. You so, should have still been pastor. If you think about yeah, that, because yeah, you were yeah, wanting to stick stick through the twenty fifth, yeah, which yeah. would have been September, yeah. uh, coming up here in yeah. a couple of weeks. So, 
So I had still been pastoring this church. You'd had to pastor through the uh, pandemic. That would have been, that, see, that would have been entertaining. <laughs> God, God knew that I, I could never deal with that stuff and all that. I'd be, oh yeah. My well, and and not only that, but it, what a, what a shame it would have been, yeah. you know, to try to transition and you know because it would just yeah. you know it was just nice that everybody could be together. Well, I have a friend, and, brother Bill Prater, who just went through that there in Liberal Kansas with his son, and mm-hmm. of course the last year of the the pandemic and all mm-hmm. that was involved. But anyway, uh, the the process was mm-hmm. the, very similar when I announced that. And the deacons asked me, can we speak to Pete about being your successor? And I said, I think you should. So three of them met with you, mm-hmm. and they spent an afternoon with you yeah. just, I guess, grilling was, you. Yeah, and it was August time. 1st of 2016. Okay. And, um, yeah, you, you, well, I don't know if you chose the... Oh, no, well, they, you, you they chose, put it together. Those guys well, that was, quite a, that was quite a crew, they, yeah. they, and, I, and I'm thankful that they did, you know, yeah. and it was fun. I enjoyed yeah. it yeah. Um, because it was talking about things that I'm passionate about. I was talking about ministry. I was talking about this church. It was about a three-hour meeting in which we, we sat and we talked, and, and then they dismissed me, and they, you know, they had some discussions among themselves, and then from there they unanimously um, agreed to present me to the deacons uh, as the potential to be the co-pastor and then the, the future pastor of our church. And so I met with the deacons uh, on, a, on a day, I'm, I'm guessing that was maybe September, in which you had a deacons meeting, and, and I stood before them, and they had an opportunity to ask me some questions. That meeting wasn't as long because, again, these men had shared, you know, and they were trusted men. You know, yeah, they're they leaders sh- among yeah. the deacons, yeah. And, uh, and so they had shared with the deacons, and so we, we met, and that maybe was maybe 45 minutes or so, and then I was dismissed from that meeting, and then the deacons voted among themselves, and I think it was unanimous, in which they yes, it was voted unanimous. to uh, present me to the church. And so... Uh, you presented the the concept to the church. Actually, maybe the deacons did. Actually, come to think yeah. of it, mm-hmm. uh, because of again our relationship, and uh, so the the church voted in November of sixteen, and so I was really only the co-pastor for about two and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, about half the time that you were, yeah. uh, in which again we alternated preaching and and uh, I was involved in, you know, again some of the hires and some of the decision making. Certainly much more involved than I had been before, and then of course it was June of last year that you uh, you know stepped out and. and uh, church put me in. Well, that day of uh, transition was still lives in my mind as a, as a great day in the history of our church, and uh, not only for the kindness that the church showed to me, but then, you know, the installation of you as the pastor that night, and, you know, it's, uh, of course, who would have thought uh, back then that uh, you'd be dealing with some of the things you have to deal with today uh, in the culture and, and just the, the pandemic and all that's involved in that. We're going to wrap up that conversation, uh, part of it today, and we're going to carry this on for next week, so this will be three parts uh, of dealing uh, in our conversation with my son, Pete Folger. We want to thank you as uh, tuning in today, being uh, lo- downloading this podcast or just grabbing it wherever you can. And I want to say thank you. And again, if you're a, a regular listener, that's great. If this is the first time, we'd encourage you to go back and listen to last week's podcast. And uh, there's just been a series. I think we're maybe up to number 20. We do these once a week. And so again, uh, the whole idea is just to have conversations about ministry and, and what's involved in, in serving the Lord as we talk about being laborers in the Lord's harvest. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for listening. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. If you've been helped, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Please feel free to leave us a comment and or a rating. If you'd like more information about Kevin Folger, please visit his website, kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us next time with more conversations with Kevin and his guests as they tell their story of being laborers in the harvest.